Welcome to the Reimagined Church Podcast with Pastor Robert Tanner. You can listen weekly on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to podcasting. You can learn more about Reimagined Church by visiting us online at reimaginedpeople.com or by downloading our app for your Apple and Android devices. Now, let's join the service for this week's message. So, what are we doing here today? Not a clue. So I, you, you know we're in this series. Right now, Keep It Simple Stupid. Last week we opened up, we are going through the, the Ten Commandments. And we're talking about the principle behind each one because as you've heard me say before, I believe there's a principle behind each one that helps to enhance our relationship with God and enhance our relationship with other people. I do not believe the commands are a simple list of do's and do nots. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. I believe there's much more than that to it. It's not because God wants to rob us of some fun. He's trying to give us some principles that are gonna enhance our relationships. So I came here this morning all prepared to go over the second commandment and the principle behind that one. And when the worship team was practicing this morning, I sat back over here and I just spent some time worshiping and just really feeling that the Lord wanted to do something different today. Um, I can tell you from that moment up until right through worship now, uh, I was kind of feeling very emotional, have no idea why. Just felt like I could burst out crying at any moment. If I do, excuse me. I'll have you toss me the Kleenexes if I, no, no, I'm just kidding. If, if I need them, you can do it, okay? If not, I'll just use his sleeve. All right, whatever, okay? But <laughs> now Chris knows why he's up here. Okay, so. As long as it's not on my shoes, you'll see that. Here, hand me your foot. Um, there are some things. All right, for, for, let me, yeah, the name of our church is Reimagined Church. And, and, and I, kind of, I really kind of started to speak when we were in our prayer meeting this morning, our prayer circle before the service got started. I just felt the Lord say, you know, at some point, you know, you're going to have to be what you, the name of your church is. You're going to have to reimagine. Maybe I'm going to do something that you weren't imagining. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Here we are. No notes. Got an idea of something I'm going to share. But so, Chris and I, some of our best conversations, as a matter of fact, the conversation we had almost a year ago, maybe it was over a year ago, where this whole idea of even changing the name to Reimagine Church came about, happened, is we sat in the office one day just talking about where we were. We weren't sitting there going, hey, let's change the name of the church. We were totally doing something else. We were in a season where we were talking about these principles, and all of a sudden, it's like just there was this click, and it was like, hey, the name of the church, and that started the whole process. Some of the some of the best times I know that I have, and I, 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 I can't speak for Chris, is sometimes we're sitting there just doing business and, and we just all of a sudden start playing off of each other. And, and I know it's the spirit of the Lord because it's like one person is saying something, it's like it's confirming what I'm saying or what I've been feeling and haven't said. And it's, it's just, hey, is the Lord saying something to us here? I think that's exactly what's happening here this morning. I have some ideas of a couple of things I'm going to share with you. Some things that 
the, and I'm sharing with you some thoughts in my mind that I've been having th- this last week in particular, I think starting on Monday. Um, I've been doing some reading, doing a lot of uh, praying about stuff. So you're going to kind of get an insight into what the Lord is doing in my heart and my mind. And I think it's, and whether you realize it or not, anytime you go to any church when pastors are preaching about stuff, you're usually getting some insight in what the Lord is not talking about. It's not the Lord saying, hey, you need to tell the people this. Usually what's happening is the Lord is talking to that pastor in his life about him and something he's learning. And it flows through them into you. Most of the time, not always. Okay. So I'm going to give you, you're, you're going to get some insight and it's going to be incomplete. You're, you're, going to, you're going to see the rough draft of whatever it is that the Lord's doing in me. And I think whatever that rough draft is that I'm going to share with some of you today, I think it's going to spill out into a series at the end of this one. Because again, I think what the Lord is saying to me, he's probably saying to all of us, and he's giving me a burden for it. So Chris did not know this morning until just before worship time. I said, by the way, you're going to come up on the platform with a microphone. And we're ab-libbing, bro. I'm going to share some things. And as the Lord, we're going to do our office experience. So as he feels and tags on to it. So listen, again, this is church reimagined. We're just going to be raw in front of you. Can we do that? All right. And hopefully it encourages you. Um, Hopefully the Lord says something to you and you might even decide, hey, I need, to, I need to share the pastor what he's saying to me because you might have that miss, missing piece of the puzzle that I haven't heard from the Lord yet and I can plug that in, okay, and go, okay. All right, so there's some of the stuff. So this is part of the family. This is part of what we do. So I also asked Julie to keep the mic with her to give her the opportunity because what I've found is kind of funny. I was reading in a book this last week, this, this, this pastor friend of mine that he wrote this book and he talks, he says something in his book and I was kind of laughing because I was like, that is so Julie. But he was talking about when he sits sometimes and he's going, doing the same thing that I'm doing here with you right now. Sometimes his, it, most of the, he said, matter of fact, he said most of the good ideas he gets comes through his wife because she just pops off with stuff and it's like, it puts another twist on it. He's like, Wow that's exactly the benefit that I get from Julie as well. So if I get that benefit, I wanted her to keep the mic because I'm sitting here thinking the Lord might put something on her heart that she's gonna have that puzzle piece that y'all need to hear. Sound good? So here we go. Ready? All right. Chris, anything you need to say? Help me, Lord. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is part of being spirit-led. I have never done this before. The idea of getting on a platform and just running off the top of my head or bad pizza is a little scary. I've never completely done. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken before and, and all of a sudden I'll, I'll, I'll talk stuff and I'll, I'll let you know that wasn't even my notes. It's just, it's just a, I, I never, I've heard of this happening with other pastors where the, the Lord just told me, you're not preaching that sermon today, you're doing something different. I've heard of it. This is my first taste of it. So, don't leave the church after today, <laughs> okay? Pray for me, all right? And, and feel free to give be- feedback, all right? So, 
a couple of things that, and, and I, it's kind of funny because I was, as I was kind of processing this this morning, I thought about this one thing, I thought about the next one, and then just before service start, I was like, Lord, how do I transition? He just simply said, flip it. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So remember in the last series you did, Who Am I? There was one message that I did. I can't remember the name of it now. Just understand, I don't memorize all my messages. Okay, there's too much, all right? But I talked about four places that Elijah and Elisha went together. Elijah puts his mantle on Elisha, and then Elisha follows him. Elijah says, I'm going, you stay here. Elisha says, far be it from me, you're going, I'm going. Mm-hmm. You, just, you remember that? But, but I know most of you who are here for it are going to remember it because I got a lot of feedback on that one. Each one of these four places they went represented a place. Uh, they went to Bethel, they went to Gilgal, they went to Jerusalem, and they went to this fourth place. And I, ta- I, I talked about the first place was a place of identity, and I showed you, hey, this is the place where uh, you know, Jesus received, you know, th- this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and, and so all these places we see in Scripture, people are receiving their identity. The second place represented uh, Gilgal, their place of identity, okay, or intimacy, rather. So the first one was identity. The next one was intimacy. And then the third place, and I, get, and I gave you something for that and something for the fourth one. All right. So this last week, um, again, I'm, uh, I, I, I got some material that I was listening to from this pastor friend of mine who also wrote, wrote this book that I had been reading. And he emailed me and said, hey, I just did a teaching on this, and you might want to listen to this. And we're listening to it, and he's talking about the four places that the four of them went. And the first two places that he mentioned, all the same four places, but he, he gave the same thing. First one had to do with identity. Second one had to do with intimacy. Second one had to do, but he changed the last two places. I spoke about two other things that they represented, but the third one is what I want to focus on. I'm just trying to give you, I, mean, I don't want to go too deep because I want to talk about what really matters here. But the third place they went together, okay, or this third place had to do with Jericho, okay? Now, I, I, I gave it one twist, he gave it another, and he called Jericho the place of surrender, okay? Well, it's funny because Julie's like, she says, this sounds familiar, and I said, yeah, it is familiar, and then I realized, oh, okay, because when he got, when he was doing his stuff, he was using the same source and research that I had used from another guy who'd written some books on it and everything, but he changed the last two locations. Does that make sense? Okay. So all that to sit there and say, the third place was a place of surrender. It was Jericho. And what he was sharing that really spoke to me was after the Israelite people, after, after they had come out of Egypt, God had taken through this whole process of giving them their new identity. And then there's this, this, this time of intimacy. And they're about ready to go into Jericho. And he says to them, he said, today I'm going, and by the way, I'm not pulling up Bible verses. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give them to you in general, layman, so you, because most of you heard them, you already know them, you didn't you see the verse. I'm, I'm talking about the spirit behind it. It says, today I've removed the reproach of Egypt from you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when <clears throat> he instructed, or he had just instructed 
all the men to be circumcised. And the example I gave you back in the message that I gave is that these men all had to come up to another person. They had to expose themselves. They had to suffer some pain and they had to go through a healing process. Um, That's very much the same way as it is with you and I in our spiritual journey with the Lord. Um, There's a circumcision of the heart that has to take place. And through that, we, and part of this was, was they're receiving their identity. They're being set apart, but there's this intimacy that's taking place. But the God had told them before that who they were, your sons and your daughters, and that was the theme behind what I talked about in that last, last series. Your sons and your daughters. We need to know who we are and we need to know whose we are. So he had just given them their identity and has this intimacy with them and tells them this, this reproach that was on you. Uh, all the stuff that was done to you, all the stuff that you saw and you experienced, all of who you thought you were, that reproach, that stench, if you will, I'm removing from you today. It's no longer your identity. But now you're going into this new land, Jericho. And here's what, what John, the twist he put on it. Jericho represented a place of surrender. But it wasn't Jericho surrendering. They had to surrender. See, they received their identity. They received the intimacy, the closeness with God. And now they're going to go in and take in this new land. And they had to surrender the way they thought it was going to happen. The way they thought it was going to look. And for seven days, they had to march around this town. And I'm just wondering how many times they were thinking, are you kidding me? For 400 years of slavery, 40 years in the desert, you made us get circumcised. All the guys in the room right now are going, oh. And now we're supposed to go in and take the land here. And the best you can do is tell us to march around blow some trumpets and yell something? It it looked different than what they expected it was gonna look like. For seven days. And on the last day, they had to do it seven times. And as I was thinking about that, I was like, Lord, how many times, even I as a pastor... And I'm, I'm sharing my heart, but I want you to apply this to yourself. Don't sit there and go, wow, Pastor Robert talked about himself today. And we learned a lot about Pastor Robert. I'm, I'm talking about you. Because most of you in here, and I don't know all of you, at some point you've received your new identity. Maybe you're in the process of your still learning that intimacy. But... And sometimes these things don't happen one after another. Sometimes they're simultaneously. You're in all four of these places at the same time in different areas of life. But how many of you, like me, are having to surrender what you thought the victory was going to look like? You told me I'm a conqueror. You told me I'm going to go and take this land. But now I've got to surrender the way that it looks the way that it's going to happen. 
And you know, the other thing about this whole deal on surrender, when the Lord took him into that land, he told him before, and he said, I'm giving you this land. It's yours. Battle's already been won. We just sung about it. Battle's already been won. So the promise is there. But here's the thing. They still had to go in and fight for it. And I think for many of us, there's lots of things in our life that we've been told, we believe in our head that God is good. And the battle's ours. But I'm not so convinced that most of us are always willing to do what it takes to fight for it. For your part. And some people sit there and say, oh, but Jesus has already won the battle. Yes, he's won the ultimate battle. He paid the price, but you still have to do your part. Just like the Israelites, they still had to go in and conquer the land. You know what's really interesting? With all the promises that they had heard, all the miracles they saw at the hand of God, they never completely took the land. They negotiated with some people who deceived them, and it end up, they end up for centuries fighting because of it. These people were a burr under their saddle for all their history because they didn't do what God told them to do. And I just want, and before, I'll give Chris a chance to ask if he has, I think he might not, before I go to the second thing, but I just want to encourage all of you because, man, you, you turn on the television and, and look about what's going on in the world. There's a lot of things you're sitting, we're, we're sitting here going, wow. Or that's, those are some pretty big giants. And we're but grasshoppers. What, what, what am I going to do with that? You know, I, I work at such and such a store in New Hartford. What do I do with that? I, I want to encourage you, and this is where you might be individually. I want you to know this is where I am individually right now as well. Because I'm fighting some battles. They involve this church. And I don't have all the answers. But it seems like everywhere I turned this last week, what the Lord is reminding me is, if you'll, if you'll take that most powerful tool that I've given you and pray, and if you'll just worship me, I'll do this. That's all I've got to do. And it doesn't mean that I have to carve out four hours a day. It doesn't mean I have to take up a certain posture. And it doesn't mean you have to either because you all have lives that you have to live. There's things that you have, responsibilities you have to take care of. But as, as you're doing those things, periodically can you just stop for a second and say, Lord, I just need you right now. I need you to give me some direction. You're good. You're good all the time. I don't know what the battle is going to look like on the end. I don't know how you're going to do this but I'm trusting you, I'm asking you to handle it. Sometimes that's all you gotta do. But be consistent with it. Don't, don't just go through your day and what I call it, you know, throwing, you know, confetti in the air, 
Well, Lord, fix it. Oh, I thought of you, Lord. We kind of just throw these prayers up. And so we're like, well, if I just kind of throw it, we'll see what sticks and what doesn't stick. I'm not talking about being cavalier like that. I'm talking about being a people of prayer that will, will have a conversation with God just like you will with a person sitting next to you right now. Will you do that? You ever going to start out, well, thus saith the Lord. Uh, just be real. Be, be real. Talk to him the exact same way the person next to you. Listen, he already knows what you're thinking. So be honest. Even if it doesn't sound religious or spiritual, just be real. You have anything? You really want me to talk right now? If you haven't got to. <laughs> um, I mean, I have some thoughts. Um, this is going to be, like Robert said, really raw. So I'm just, like Robert was just doing, I'm just going to give you, I'm going to give you what usually just is Robert and I throughout the week. As oh, we're boy. here, we're working, we're doing a lot of things. We'll pause for lunch or whatever and we'll spend a few hours and we have conversations, and uh, as of recently, we've, we've wished, man, I wish these conversations were being recorded because it seems like some of the best things that we think and say come out in those private conversations, and then who knows if we remember that stuff later on down the road, but it really was impactful to us uh, in, in the moment. So for whatever this is worth to you this morning, we're hoping that you catch something even as off-the-cuff uh, as this is, so one of the thoughts that I had, uh, Robert sent me the video that he had watched, and I watched it as well too over the, the past couple of days where this pastor was talking about these same things that Pastor Robert had just recently conveyed to, to us in uh, the sermon series, Who Am I? And um, when this pastor was speaking about Jericho and this, this idea that he's casting that this is the place of surrender. And he literally said that it was not the enemy who surrendered. It was the people of God who had to surrender to God. That was the picture he was casting. And, and as we're having this, this talk, we're, we're all talking. I mean, we're talking, you're listening, but we're having a conversation. That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm gonna just, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna say some dangerous things right now. So I'm not stepping on any toes or anything. So please hear my heart when I say these things. I'm guilty of this too. I think that we as Christians, we're very battle prone. We like to, we like to go to war against the enemy because we feel like we're supposed to, and, and we are. We are in a war, okay? Hear me when I say that. And we are to do spiritual warfare. But I think what happens sometimes is we just get way caught up in that. And I think maybe if you were to be honest with yourself, maybe you disagree with me, but I can tell you from my experience, I even felt like this this morning. Coming to a place with God where it feels like we're walking on eggshells because our frame of mind is so much do and do not now because so much time is invested into overthrowing darkness that we lose sight of the identity. We lose sight of the intimacy. Maybe even for some of us, 
we've become so estranged to it, we don't even know how to get back to it. I'm just, I'm just asking you to be honest with yourself if, that's, if, that's, if that ministers to you or you relate to that in some way. And I can tell you right now, I can raise my hand and sometimes I, I, I would have to say to the Lord, I feel lost in the land of intimacy. Because I feel like I put so much time into overthrow the camp of the enemy. And I get a butt whooping a lot of times in that because the retaliation is so gruesome. And even this morning I was thinking to myself, because I've asked the Lord, at the beginning of the year I asked the Lord, give me a word for your people every day, Lord. And as I have felt, God bless you, as I have felt the Lord giving me something to share with people, he would not give me the next thing to share until I shared the, the current thing that he was putting on me, whether I shared it immediately or it took me weeks to get it out in a video or something or whatever. And I was even thinking this morning, I wanted the Lord to give me something, but I had this thought in my mind. I don't see how the Lord would give me something to share with people and encourage them when I don't feel like I've done all the things that I should have done up to this point. And then lo and behold, here we were. This morning we come in. At 8.30, the worship team and tech team arrive so we can get prepped for service. We turn all the equipment on by 8.45. We do a warm-up, and we're warming up, and the word of the Lord came to me. And I had a word that I shared with the people that were here this morning, our, our leaders and our, our tech and worship team, as, as we prayed. I felt the Lord gave me a word of knowledge. And I don't know if I can say that I felt like I've had an actual, legitimate, prophetic word of knowledge that the Lord has downloaded to me as, as raw and as... I'm just gonna say it. I'm not patting myself on the back, but as good as that word was. And that, not good because of anything of me, but because he is good. And I have to be convinced. I have to, that despite how short I feel I've come, that does not stop him from what he wants to do. Amen. Now, I'm gonna turn things right now. We look around and we see a lot of empty seats right now. Part of that is because a quarter of our attendance this morning is downstairs, maybe even a third of it. And that's okay. That's cool. I'm cool with that. But I want to ask you this question. And just answer it to yourself. And again, I'm not looking to offend anybody or step on any toes. And then I'll share a little bit more from my heart with you. When you think about us, when you think about church, when you think about this church, do you think about it from the perspective of we? When you talk about this place, when you share this place with others, when you tell others where you go to church, do you say things like my church, our church, or is, is it the? I go to reimagine church. They them. I could go off on that right now, but I'm not going to. Just ponder that for a moment. Because when I think about family, I can only define my children and my wife in our household by us. And I even told my wife Kim not too long ago, 
in some conversation that we had. Because we've been married well over 20 years and we have a plethora of children and, a, and now children-in-law and now a granddaughter. When I think about my family, I can only, or actually, no, uh, Kim, when I, when I had this conversation with Kim, I, I had told her, I said, we always need to make sure that there is an us, a you and a me. Because before all of them, it was her and I. But also when I think about my family, I can only define my family by, by, one, by one way. Us, we, our, my. It's never them. It's never me. But it's always we. So when, when he and I talk, and when we're casting vision, and when he builds sermon series to cast vision and bring perspective and teach God's word, and as we come up every Sunday morning to lead in worship, and as we take votes to do things and, and whatnot, it's never, ever, ever because we feel like God has told us something that we're expecting you to come into agreement with, and we're gonna drag you along with it like it's us and you. But it's never that. It's always a we, and if there's never if there's not a we or there's a compromise in the we, then we need to put brakes on. Because, and I've said this to you guys before, we're only gonna do what we're gonna do as God leads us by doing it how? Together. So we're gonna take a church vote two, on two individual Sundays to decide whether or not we're gonna sell this building and that vote is gonna be based on a we decision. Are we going to do this? And where are we going next as God is leading us? And here's the last thing I'm gonna say. The Lord reminded me of this this morning as I was just sitting and praying and sometimes griping before him. And that's fine, you know you can do that, right? Because if you don't, he, already, he knows you are. He knows the very internal everything about you. You're not gonna just pray this facade or whatever before him and have him just be like oblivious to how you really feel. He knows. So just tell him. Just be like, you already know, Lord. I'm feeling pretty bleh right now. Very meh. The Lord brought me full circle back to something today. 1 Corinthians 14, Paul the Apostle leads in at the top of the, the chapter and he says these words, let love be your highest aim. And I was thinking in that moment, I was like, fruits of the spirit, okay? I wanna yield to the spirit that love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, meekness. I'm probably missing one self-control. There was one self before, so gentleness, thank you. I was like, I'm on a roll, yeah. But then I was also reminded, the Holy Spirit reminded me, yes, but, but remember, 
Paul said this when Paul was talking about so many different things. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna like super paraphrase and give you this really short version right now where my thoughts were at this morning. These three things are gonna remain. Faith, hope, and love. And scripture says the greatest of these is love. And I was just reminded of the Lord this morning. Do everything you're going to do out of love. And I was thinking, but, but what about obedience? I want to obey you. I want to make sure that I'm doing all the things right. But why? Why? Because you know, you can do all the things right and still not be known by him. So I want to be sure that what I do, and this is where I need you to pray for me. When you pray for me, I want you to pray. Say, God, I want you to help Chris. I'm asking you to help Chris that everything he does, he does out of love. He does out of love for you, and he does out of love for people. How am I going to be obedient to God? Out of my love for him. How am I going to serve you best? Out of my love for you. Because if, if, if there's an absence of love, then what do we got? Well, one thing we got is a clanging noise. That doesn't sound very nice, right? What if worship sounded like a clanging noise every Sunday? It was just awful. Because there was no heart. There was no love. There was no projection of, I want to lead you to the throne of God this morning. I want to lead you to the heartbeat of Jesus. So that was a whole lot. That was kind of like my brain spew for you this morning. But that's like what it's like when he and I get, get together and talk. So this is how very raw it is. So that was my thoughts. Where we go from here, only the Lord knows. So that first point, I think to sum it up, is that each one of us have to decide where is it we need to surrender? What's the Lord asking you to surrender in? And, and you know what? You might have to surrender some dreams. You might have to surrender some ideas, some thoughts, let go of some, something that quite frankly you already know is sin, maybe your perspective on who you even think God is, purpose of the church, kind of taking on what Chris just said, the purpose of why you're at this church or why you're, if you're visiting at some other church. And simply ask him, is this, is this you or is this me? And remember, wherever you're wanting to be victorious in your life, you cannot be victorious without a battle. No battle, no victory. And so many times, we, man, we want to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop really quick mm. without doing the work to get to it. Those of you who are older know what I'm talking about. Okay? Sometimes you have to do the work to get to it. Boy, that was... That was Thank you, Laura. That was, that was cool. I just, right there. So. <laughs> all right, here's the second thing I want to share with you. We all, most of you probably heard this. Anybody, you can raise your hand. You've never heard the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead. Any hands? Nope. We all heard the story of Lazarus. You know, there's some interesting things in there as I was really kind of processing that. You know, here it is. 
Jesus is, and we know, we know and I'm going to summarize here, again, Jesus is, is gone. He's, he's out of town. He's over in Albany. All right? And, and he hasn't made it back to Utica yet, and, and Lazarus is sick. And um, he doesn't make it on time, and Lazarus is buried. Jesus gets into town, and here comes Lazarus' sisters. And first thing I say is, you know, if you had been here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've all had, every one of us in this room, we've all had areas in our lives, we've had dreams that have died. We've had things in our lives that hit us really hard. Things that were done to us. Decisions that we made that weren't good decisions, and we know it, but they had sometimes short-term, but many times they just had long-term consequences. Somebody died. Somebody else got sick. Uh, You name it. Just all the things that we go through. And many times, what most of us will do is, but Jesus, if you had just if you had just intervened, if you, know, if, if you had kept that person from coming to this church, if, if, if you had just healed them, I know you can do it. I believe you can. I don't necessarily always believe that you will. And we struggle with those things. Am I, am I the only one? Anybody ever thought anything like that? Yeah? Jesus, if you had just we wouldn't say it this way, but really what we're thinking is, Jesus, if you had just done your job, if you had just done, you know, what I pay you to do through my praise and my worship, boy, do we try to buy his favor. If you had just gone along with my plan, it wouldn't be dead and buried right now behind a rock. If you just, just did the obvious, what I see you do for other people, you did it for them, just do it for me. And of course, the enemy comes in right behind that and says, yep, see, you've sinned so bad or you did this and yeah. God's just, he's kind of just you know, had enough of you. He helped you three or four times. You've kind of worn out your welcome. It's sort of like company comes to your house, just like fish after about three days, it starts to stink. Uh, you've, you know, you've, you've, you've asked the Lord not a lot for a long time and quite frankly, you just start to stink now. Again, we, we don't use those words in our mind, but in our heart and our emotion, that's exactly where we go and that's where these sisters were. Jesus, have you just been here? So they had something that was behind that stone that was dead. Maybe their hope, maybe your hope is dead. Maybe you've, you've struggled with something for years and years and years and you're like, I just can't seem to get over this. I can't, I can't get victory in my life in this area and I'm just done. I'm done fighting the battle. And, and those areas of your life, 
where you, you're either done fighting the battle or in, like in my case when I applied this myself, I thought I had already fought the battle before. And I thought it was there and son of a gun, it's there again. Why can't I get past this? As you look at that story, I realized Jesus, his heart, I mean, he wept as well over the pain that they were experiencing. And you need to know, Jesus is not oblivious to your pain. And he hasn't forgotten it. But then he does something really amazing. He looks at the people around him and he tells them to roll the stone away. Now think about this. This is the dude who had just recently turned water into wine. He's been healing people who were blind from birth. He could have used his finger and went and rolled the stone away. but he didn't. He invited all those people to participate in what he was about to do. He asked them to lay their hands on the stone and roll the stone away. So he partnered with the people that were around him. And then when he does raise Lazarus from the dead, what does he tell them to do? Unbind him. Unbind him. Now I want you to think about the parallel behind that. This is why the church is so important. This is why we're here together. It's not that Jesus can't do something by himself in your life. But he put you in a place and around people, or he wants to put you in a place around people who are going to help unbind you. That's what he does. He wants to partner with you. It's not that he's incapable of doing anything he wants. But you see, when, uh, when people are involved in those areas of your life and they're helping to get you unbound and set free, it brings blessing to them too. But here's the thing that really caught me. When Jesus says to roll a stone away, the first response he gets is, it's been four days. And it stinks. It stinks. You want us to roll the stone away? And as I was processing this for myself, and I think this is important for you, And I think this is even going to be the name of the series. What's the stench behind your stone? See, they were worried about the stench. And I think sometimes that's what happens, I know for me, from my perspective, is I get worried about, well, if I roll the stone away, the stench is going to come out. 
I hope you're hearing what I'm saying. We all have a stench behind our stone. And Jesus wants to use other people to roll the stone away, bring new life to that area of your life again, and roll the stench away. The stench of Egypt in your life, he wants to roll away. You haven't got to be ashamed of the stench if you let him do the work. But if you keep the stone over that grave of whatever the grave is in your life, whatever that represents, the death is going to stay and the stench is going to stay. And I've realized as a pastor, I've got that in my own personal life and my own personality of something. I was like, Lord, I thought I was past that and, and he's bringing me through it again. But I've even realized it's in the context of even leading this church. It's like, Lord, there's, there seems to be a death spiritually that hasn't, hasn't been unwrapped yet and the stone hasn't been rolled away. And it's all, we, you know, we want to bring life to people. And what, what, what is it? Or can, can you just roll the stone away? And this goes to some of what Chris was saying. I believe the Lord does want to do something. I mean, I've been here for four years now, and we came here with a lot of vision and a lot of ideas about stuff. We had a lot of good backing behind us, didn't we, Julie? A lot of good insight from people who spoke into our lives. And the Lord has done some amazing things here. He really has. But we've gone into a season where it just seems like, and the analogy that I, I, I told Julie, I said, sometimes I feel like just spiritually as a church, it's like we're sitting on this airplane as pilots. We're sitting on the runway, clear runway, and it's not taking off. And we're just idling. Julie recently had this last year where she was on a flight back from California, and she got that wonderful experience of sitting on the runway, the tarmac, for two and a half years before she had to leave town. Two and a half hours before she had to leave town. It probably felt like two and a half years. So, yeah. I can't, I, I, for me, they would have to call the, they, they'd have to call the cops, I'm sorry. For me, it'd be straight jacket, psychiatric center. You get me into a claustrophobic area like that, I'm glad I wasn't on the flight. Now, that's not to sit there and say there's anything wrong with any of you all. But what I realize is, Lord, I, I, I'm starting to realize you're doing some work. First of all, that, you're, you're, you're fighting a battle as we're just marching around. We're just going around in circles, singing the same things, saying the same things, marching in formation, keeping the rules for our fifth time around now, and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So I know that's a season we're in. But I know the Lord's got something good because he does want, he does want to roll the stone away and bring some new life. I would encourage all of you, and we're gonna wrap up here. Pray for this family. Pray for this family. Be diligent. Don't be done. Don't be done. Ask the Lord, Lord, what's, what's my part in this family? And your part might just simply be live your life out loud in front of other people that you work with and that you live with. 
It doesn't mean you have to beat them over the head with a Bible or use spiritual language. Just convey the hope that you have. Tell your, be willing to share your testimony. But that's what's gonna take other people out of bondage. That's gonna take the head wrap off and, and the, the, the things around their ankles that are keeping them in place. But help them. But also, go into a season. I'd encourage each one of you here, because maybe the Lord's doing this because he wants to do it with all of us. Go into season and ask the Lord, Lord, what's the stench behind my stone? What, what have I allowed to die? that you want to set free. Because that's going to add to your testimony. Again, I don't know what the purpose of any of this was today. I don't know why the Lord said, don't give that message. You wanted to hear the message? Come next week. You'll hear it next week. Part two of the 10. But I would, I would encourage all of us to do our business before the Lord. Because it starts at home. It starts with each one of us. And, and, and let people come alongside you because they're, they're gonna help roll the stone away. They're gonna, help exp- they're gonna help you expose the stench and clear it out. Amen? All right, well, they're flicking the lights. That's usually a sign we're done. They said we're, they said we're done. Yeah, yeah, all right. Should we end with just one song? Just let me, let me do this. Let me pray for all of you. And then, what? Oh, boy. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. From my back, and then I had the shingles, and it's like, okay, Job, brother Job. <laughs> it felt like, but anyways. The Lord said to me a couple of different things, but one thing he said is, I did not bring you this far to leave you here. And I felt like it was so, I needed to hear that because we need encouragement from him. Mm -hmm. But the other thing that he showed me about myself anyway is to get deeper in praise and worship at home before Mm -hmm. prayer, before reading the word, just love on him and lose yourself in his being, his presence and it's so beautiful I hated to even leave it but being where I was not able to move around much it was just all I could do and wanted to do and felt his presence and he would speak to me other things that I haven't heard in a while I'm jotting them down now but I just feel like there's something different happening not maybe just in me but I I, kind of confirm or I'm feeling it's confirmation for me even what you all are saying that he wants to do something new our outlook our you know view on things as well this is how it's done and you know are we really listening to a new way he has a new plan maybe so i i just feel like this is for me to what you're saying be sensitive to the spirit Mm -hmm. let him lead even if it doesn't look like what we think it should look like, which is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But anyways, did that, lead, did that lead you this far to leave you? Mm-hmm. I think it's- yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, listen, we're, we're in a transitional period here. That's a terrible word to use these days. 
But we're, we're in a transitional period. I think the world is. Uh, I think uh, probably if we're growing at all in the Lord, we should always be in a, tra- we should be transitioning all the time. Our life should be transformational from glory to glory. We should be transformed all the time. Hopefully, let, let, let me, not, I don't I want you to make you feel bad, but if any of you can look back on your life and say that you're no different than you were a year ago, I, I don't want to, I don't want to sound mean, but you need to check your relationship with the Lord and ask him, do I have a relationship with you? And here's the reason why. If I, what I found, I cannot enter into his presence. I cannot have a relationship with him and remain the same. You just can't do it. If your life is the same, then you need to ask, Lord, Lord, what is it I've got to change? What, 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 what has to be transformed in you? Because you, na- you cannot enter in his presence and leave the same way. You cannot do it. You can't. Show me one place in scripture where anybody's in relationship with the Lord, they have an encounter with him, and they're the same afterwards. I challenge you to do that. And please let me know if you see that. That are his people. But the Lord is, the Lord is doing something. And, and, and I think part of the reason why maybe the Lord had us do this this morning is because I, I think maybe he's kind of wanting to bring something to the surface. And, and, it, and I have a funny feeling it's in a lot of us individually that's going to change something collectively is, is the reason why he kind of pulled us back this morning and said, just trust me and just go with it. You might not feel, Robert, like at the end, like there was something big there, but people need to hear what I'm saying or what I want to say. But we're in this place of transition. And in order for us to go to the next place as a, as, a, as a body of believers, we have to allow him to do that work in us that's gonna make us ready for where he has us going. He has to make us ready for our promised land. He has to make us ready to fight the battle. Okay, We just have to follow him. We have to surrender the way we thought it was going to happen, the way it was gonna look, and do it his way. Uh, and just one more thought, Gideon. When Gideon was victorious at the end over the Midianites, um, 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 thank you, Midianites, all they had to do was blow tr- trumpets and light a torch. A hundred of them, hundred of these guys, that's all it took, or 300 of them were there. And, and, and the Lord completely wiped out the enemy. And, and here's basically what that re- represents. They just simply gave them their worship and their praise. That, that, that's, what the, that's what the torch and the trumpets represent. Okay? Give, give him your worship. Give him your praise. Spend some time in prayer. And I think the Lord is going to take this together. Because this is what's going to bring us in unity together. And, and, and uni, you, you can be disunity. You, you can agree on the things and think you're in unity. But you, you're out of sync with each other because we're not praying together. We're not praying in unison. And that's, that's the part about that story. When they blew the trumpets, it's re- amazing. They surrounded these guys. They didn't have cell phones and walkie-talkies. It says they did it in unison. Try to get all these guys to blow trumpets at the exact same second. That's where the unity comes in that Chris was talking about. So we all need to get in this battle together because this isn't about just the people or a few people who are on the platform. You want to take this community back for the Lord? involves each one of you every one of us so father I just pray for each person here Lord I don't even know if we're going to Chris and I will talk later on I don't even know if we're going to post this online I think there's something to say for the fact there's just a handful of people here today 
Maybe it's just like with Gideon, Father, that there's, there were thousands available. But you wanted to weed it down to show that what you will do with just for a handful of people, handful that, that will hear your voice and respond. That will let you go before and win the battle. All we have to do, Father, is lift up our praise to you, lift up our worship to you, allow you to do, allow you to worshiping you by allowing you to do the work in me that you want to do. Because that form of worship is saying, I will surrender to you because I know that you're good and you're trustworthy and you're steadfast. I've learned you're not fast, but you are steadfast. Lord, I pray for every person here. Lord, that somebody or each one of them got some small nugget of something today that they couldn't go home with, they can chew on, they can apply to themselves, and they say, Lord, can I use this as I ask you to reveal the stench behind my stone? What is it that I'm concerned with that I don't want to let out? But you want to be, you want to bring freedom to me in this area so that I can do all that you've called me to do that will reveal who you are to other people. And that's the reason why you set Lazarus free to reveal your hand, to show that you had power even over death. And that was just the first time you did it. So for all the things that have died in each one of these people's lives, Father, I ask you to bring those to life again and set them free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A little different today. Sometimes we just have to reimagine some things, right? So folks, if you want some prayer for anything, there'll be a couple of us up here to pray with you. Otherwise, I hope you have a blessed week. Come back next week, and I think... We'll go into the second command. No promises. Not on my part. Amen? Okay, you folks be blessed. Have a great week. Thank you so much for joining us. We would like to ask you a simple question. What has God spoken to you today? And how would he have you respond? We would sure love to hear from you. You can reach out to us with your prayer requests, your comments, or your questions at reimaginepeople.com and by clicking the Connect tab. We would also like to invite you to join us again next week for another encouraging and inspirational message from Reimagine Church.